Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Faton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us today, and we have a great episode in store. If you can't tell, I'm working really, really hard on making sure that my voice is resonant, that my words are clear and crisp, and I am communicating because of the pressure of who we have on the call today. Jody Krangle, professional full-time voice actor. Thank you so much for being on the call with us today. Thanks for having me and no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I I appreciate that. No pressure, no pressure at all. Um, I can clear my voice. Um, But no, uh, Jody, thank you for being on the podcast and and being on the show to share your story and, and some of your expertise with us. But before we kind of jump into the questions and today's subject matter, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to get acquainted with our guests and our guests with you or our viewers with you and our our listeners. So please take the floor and, and introduce yourself. Sure. I'm Jody Krangle. I'm a voice actor. I've been doing that full time since 2007. And uh, I have a podcast of my own, actually, as well, called Audio Branding. That, well, the reason that I started that was because I was really curious as to why people were not paying as much attention to sound as they should be. And what I'm talking about in general is ad agencies and film production and content creators and this kind of thing who tack on the music or the voiceover as an afterthought when mm-hmm. they're done and often choose, you know, license free music that other companies that are completely different from their own have also chosen. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of duplication that really shouldn't be going on and a lot of last minute tacking on of things that don't really belong or forward your own brand yeah very succinctly or engagingly let's say yeah and it made me think like why are people not paying attention to this so i started talking about it on my podcast and then it sort of expanded into more than just the buying aspect of this so it's not only about how sound influences us to buy but also how it influences our daily lives because sound is everywhere Mm -hmm. and you know voice ai is becoming a thing and artificial intelligence creating sound that it thinks is what we might want and really kind of creepy actually (laughs) that kind of stuff the sounds that we wouldn't think of like for instance planets make sound vibration is sound there's all sorts of really interesting things out there like for instance we can influence how we taste with how we sound Mm -hmm. there's so many really fascinating aspects of all of this lesson anxiety all sorts of ways that we can use sound in our lives it just fascinated me yeah, so I'm going to jump ahead because this question mm-hmm. is perfect to what you're talking about is, <laughs> sure. in, in terms of the power of sound, because I do agree. I, I think that we are in a time of our lives where the attention to audio is kind of a second thought, but it's becoming mm-hmm. f- in the forefront of our experiences, where I would argue that there's a lot of brands, there's a lot of companies that sometimes our first engagement with that company or brand or movie coming out is audio. And it doesn't necessarily click until we see it visually. 
So there's an opportunity there, which I can I can definitely agree with you on. But when it comes to what you were just mentioning about the the power of sound, why is it that sound is so powerful and what kind of impacts it can have? Well, just recently, I started playing sleep music and meditation mm-hmm. music to yep. put me in a certain beta waves and, and things like that. What is it that sound does to us that makes it so powerful? Well, it's probably something to do with our biology as human beings, because we are just conditioned to pay a lot of attention to sound. As human beings, our spectrum of sound is actually wider than our spectrum of vision. So if you think about that, and then you also think about the evolutionary aspect of this in that if there's a loud noise behind you, you are going to pay attention to it because that is your safety, right? The reason that people love the sound of birdsong, for instance, is that birds singing means everything's okay. Because if birds are not singing, you know something isn't right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So these are things that we have just as human beings been taught over millennia to understand. And they hit us in a certain way. And emotionally, they hit us. So sound, I like to say, is our emotional context. If you're watching a movie, you will see that movie and you may, like, without the sound, you may understand what's going on on the screen. You won't care about it. (laughs) (laughs) So the sound is what makes you care. It's that extra little oomph needed to give you the emotional context of that scene. And I can tell you from experience that with the right music and the right film I'm bawling. <laughs> like I, I am. I will cry in a good commercial if yeah. the music fits the scene and works really well. Like I, I'm horrible that way. But, <laughs> but, uh, but it really hits me hard. Yeah. And I don't think I'm alone. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. So, I was just gonna say yeah. that you're you're definitely not alone in that. Mm-hmm. And, and just knowing how important sound is, I have seen some of those videos where directors will show a scene without mm-hmm. the score without any of the audio and then they'll show it when it was complete and the difference in the experience is almost unrecognizable yeah with the power of sound clearly it's something that we've all experienced we've all felt but so few of us have actually been able to make a career of it and make a life of it what was your journey like in in discovering sound and discovering voiceover work and how did you make that a career because i imagine it wasn't something where you can just walk in and yep I'm going to apply and get the job. <laughs> yeah. there, there must be some growing pains that go with it. Oh, definitely. First off, sound has always been important to me. So I grew up in a very musical family and we didn't have story time. We had sing-along time when I was a kid. <laughs> so that was our nightly ritual. And sound and singing has always been a part of my life, pretty much from the minute I could make sounds. (laughs) That definitely led me in that direction to appreciate how important sound is because it was very important to me. But also, I kind of am both left and right-brained. It's it's a weird thing, but I actually don't mind the business end of being in a business. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A lot of creative people have a problem. Really, they don't want to deal with the business end of things. And if you have the ability to someone who can take care of it for you, fantastic. That's great. In this day and age as a creative, it's really hard to be able to pass that on to someone else. You sort of have to take it on yourself, at least in the beginning. So when I started 
basically being out on my own as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, my first journey was to understand business <laughs> mm-hmm. because that really allowed me to understand, oh, I have to invoice timely. Oh, I need to keep track of my expenses. You know, all of these kinds of things are important as a solopreneur to understand before you even get to any of the creative stuff. So I think getting into voiceover, I had a bit of an advantage in that I understood that for me, at least, it was also a business. Mm -hmm. It's not just a creative pursuit. It's also something that I need to keep track of. I need to understand my motivations. I need to understand not just in what I'm doing as far as the job is concerned, but I need to invoice timely. I need to keep track of my expenses. I need to be able to afford the tools of the trade, like the microphone and the booth and the headphones and the coaching, because that was really, really key. I I, want to ask it right there because it's literally a thought I had earlier today, which is ironic. We're talking about it now in in terms of, you know, so many people just want to do what they want to do in life, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I could just get paid to sit on this podcast and record, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the ticket. That's all I want to do, which is why so many people start podcasts. But my realization earlier today came to the conclusion is in order for us to do the things in life that we want to do, we have to do what we don't want to do. And yeah, at least to start with. (laughs) Exactly. At least to start, right? Though. Yeah. I love doing the podcast. There's definitely so many blessings with it, but you know, there's the writing the show notes, reaching out, getting guests, Mm -hmm. making sure the posts come out on time and making sure you can afford the hosting services. So there is a lot of things that go around the idea of doing a podcast that doesn't necessarily come to the forefront until people jump in head first. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to pursue, whether it be a creative ambition, be an athletic ambition, or just something in their lives where they're like, man, I've just always wanted to make furniture. Mm-hmm. I just want to do that. But they don't want to do the other stuff. What advice would you give them? Well, you have to start somewhere. So uh, training is definitely your first step. I mean, you need to know what it is you want to do, and you need to learn that from people who are way ahead of the game than you are. So for a voice actor, it's coaching. Probably for a professional athlete, it's coaching. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like all of these things, right? If you want to be a professional woodworker, you need someone who's better at it than you are who can teach you. Because you're, you know, yeah, you could go on to YouTube and take a bunch of courses that way. But really, you get the best instruction from people who are doing it already, who know how it's done, and who can give you those tools to continue to improve on what you're doing. Otherwise, you're just perpetuating the same mistakes. And mm-hmm. you're not really learning anything new because you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that's so, so true. Yeah. So it really does take coaching, instruction, schooling, whatever you you are going to have a foundation in. You need to have that. Mm-hmm. Also, the people who are higher up or not higher up necessarily, but like more experienced in it than you are, they're going to tell you what's needed to make it a business. They're going to let you know how you can actually make money at this. Mm. And and then that will allow you to outsource the stuff that you don't want to do so that you can do more of what you do want to do. <laughs> yeah. That literally was my next question because I saw you, you mentioned outsourcing saved, saved your life. Mm 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Elaborate on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm exaggerating a little, <laughs> but, but basically it allows me to do what I really love to do. And it allows me to give the stuff that I really hate doing that I would dread doing that I would put off until the last second to someone else who does it way better than I do. Mm-hmm. And I can pay them for that privilege, and I am happy to pay them for that privilege. My time is worth money. All of our time is worth money. And you really have to decide whether that's someone mowing your lawn or someone doing your show notes, getting your groceries from Instacart. I mean, <laughs> all of these things are worth money, really, because if yeah. you're not doing it, then someone else is and and you are devoting your time to more of what you really want to do and what you do best yeah you know so so there's a lot to yeah yeah it it is balance it's It's definitely balance. balance yeah well because i think that's a that's a perfect depiction for folks in kind of rewinding in terms of where you mentioned start where you have to start somewhere start where you're at Mm -hmm. and and yeah you're gonna have to do a lot of things that you don't like but I think that's also part of the proof of concept, right? And then once yeah. it starts getting legs and starts going and there starts getting some income, that's when you can kind of repurpose that, push it towards the things you don't like doing, or quite mm-hmm. frankly, just to be honest and blunt, sometimes there are things about it that you're not good at. And yeah. like you mentioned, I've found people who can do what I'm not good at better than I can, even if I enjoy doing it. I have to have the oh, humility yeah. to understand it's better in their hands than yes. in my um, I'm not a web designer. I am an audio engineer in the in the sense that I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> I could do like five minutes of audio, maybe fifteen minutes of audio, and I'm and I'm fine. Any longer than that, I'd rather pass on to someone else who loves to do it because I don't like doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so if I have something that's longer, I'm going to pass that on. Like for instance, when I do an interview with someone, I pass that on to an audio editor mm-hmm. because I just don't want to deal with it. I just want to do the interview and pass it on to someone who does it really well. But if you haven't done it yourself at least once, then you don't really know what the process is and you can't help someone else learn how to do it for you. So that's why it's good to do these things yourself in the beginning, at least, just so you know what the process is so you can tell someone else when you offload it. (laughs) Yeah. And it also can breed appreciation too, because you know how much work it takes to actually do it. So Totally. Yeah. When someone get, takes it off your hand, you're you're that much more grateful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm so grateful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear how the journey was as work started picking up, um, and, and this the focus on audio, at least for your your business, started increasing in terms of you're putting out the service, you're finding those who are demanding the service. What was that journey like? How long did it take to get consistent and What Mm. did you do to kind of, I guess, maintain on that way, on that journey? Part of what I had to understand was that I should be charging industry standard rates or more, to be frank, because knowing your worth is a big part of being an entrepreneur, a solopreneur. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, come at this from a position of scarcity in Mm. the way that they think, oh, well, I wouldn't pay for this, so I'm not going to charge someone, you know? I'm going to charge this low rate because that's how much I would pay for it. That's a problem. So if you are a solopreneur and you're going to Fiverr, let's say, for your logo, 
you're not doing yourself a service. First of all, you're not paying a professional what they're worth. And so why should someone pay you what you're worth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You know, be consistent in that kind of thing. Finding out how to correctly charge for what it is you're doing is key. It's going to be very key. It took me probably two and a half years to be able to do this full time and say, I'm earning more money than I was in SEO and internet marketing, which is what I was doing before. Okay. So once I had earned the same amount of money in a year that I had at that job, I knew I was on my way. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was that was a big moment for me, actually. But it took a lot of work and it took a lot of coaching and it took a lot of understanding my equipment and getting the basics of audio engineering and all of that to understand that there's no necessary ceiling. You know what I mean? So I I don't like to put goals, for instance, on my income for a year because I find that limiting. Yeah. And I know that Some people are, you know, oh, I need this goal so that I can, you know, make sure I'm making this much every month, you know, and for me, it's not um, as set out as that. How did you manage the two while you were doing the (laughs) SEO marketing and Uh building this business? Because I know a lot of our listeners are kind of in that limbo where they're working on scaling something to make a graceful departure into what their dream would be. So how did you manage that? Well, I've been self-employed since the year 2000. So I was actually self-employed in SEO and internet marketing when I decided to make that switch. I actually started doing that in 1995 because I had a songwriting resource on the web called The Muse's Muse. And I that was my baby for a long, long time. And it was it started out as a page. It started out as a page of questions and then people could email me their responses and then I would post their, their answers on this page back in 1995. <laughs> wow. And it just kind of grew from there. So... When I was promoting that page, I learned about SEO and internet marketing and and how to do that for myself on a budget of nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was my intro into doing that for other people. And I worked in some businesses uh, from like 95 until probably 1999. But even in 1997, I was uh, telecommuting. So I've been self-employed for a long time. And when I made the switch, it was more of a focus switch. It was less of a, oh, I have to put in my notice at this particular business. Mm -hmm. It was more of a, I'm scaling down, I'm telling my clients I'm moving on and doing something else, and then just focusing all of my attention on the other thing. So I was still self-employed. I still had to worry about paying the bills. I still had to be a business. Yeah. But it was just a different focus. What would you tell someone who wants to venture into self-employment? Because what I've learned in terms of uh, a lot of folks wanting to step away from the nine to five, they want to live a, I don't want to say a carefree life. It's not just, oh, I want to step away from my job and do nothing. It's, I want to do this business or I want to do this venture. But there's almost a, I guess, an expectation that when you walk away from your nine to five, you're free to make your own schedule. You can do what you want when you want. And you just, uh, I do what I feel like it when I feel like it. What is that the reality of self-employment? I think you do need to have some kind of self-discipline. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have learned in the years that I've been working from home that 
I have certain hours of the day that are, for instance, more productive for me. If I uh, do stuff late at night, then that works for me. If I decide that I'm going to do something else in the mid-afternoon, if I want to go you know, do a run or a walk or whatever in the mid-afternoon just to perk myself up again, I can do that. But at the same time, I need to know and I need to get certain things done in a day. So really, it's about being having some self-discipline and knowing what your most productive hours are and working during those hours. And for me as an introvert, I kind of have to make sure that I'm not overscheduling myself, too, because I have to be very conscious of that. I don't want to feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I can feel overwhelmed if I have too many voice sessions in a day or too many Zoom sessions or too many interviews, either I'm doing an interview or I'm doing an interview for someone else. If I have too many of them in a day, that's hard on me. And I know that's hard on me. So I, over the years, have learned what my tolerance level is, and I play to that, and I schedule in break times inside of my schedule. So a lot of people, I think, just need to sit down and discover which are their most productive hours and make sure that they're not overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and just you know everyone's different so some people may really like going out to a coffee shop to do some of their work and sit with people and some people may not want to do that some people may need peace and quiet some people may have kids running around the house and there is no peace and quiet no matter what you do (laughs) so you know you have to play to your own strengths and figure out what those are yeah. But as a business owner, you're going to need to do that. <laughs> it's probably required and necessary, a prerequisite. Oh, yeah. to- <laughs> it is required. Yes. <laughs> well, kind of switching gears here and, and focusing on, on kind of what we were talking about, the power of sound and branding. And I mean, just to be honest, I think you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of that opportunity for so many people to grasp the the audio that so many people aren't paying attention to something you you had written down too like if you type the words ba da ba 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 i'm loving it like i couldn't even say it without the cadence and the rhythm yeah 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 when you hear that you see the arches yeah right like that's what your your brain supplies the picture you actually don't need to see anything yeah. and that is totally not dependent on language Right. Certain sounds. You hear those sounds like da, 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 da. Like, you know exactly what that is. Right. (laughs) Like everyone knows what that is, but it doesn't have to make sense in a particular language. Sound. We all recognize sound. Mm -hmm. And the more often that you hear something in conjunction with a sight, with some kind of something on a screen, you can associate that something on a screen with not even hearing that entire five note thing. Like, you know, it's there. Yeah, (laughs) It's in your head. So really consistent repetition when it comes to this audio branding thing, sonic branding, it's all about consistent repetition. Intel got us there because they were on the tail end of every commercial for 25 years that had to do with anything tech. And that was brilliance on their part, which I don't even think was planned because mm-hmm. they were partially helping to fund the advertisements that all of these tech pieces that were using their Intel chip were promoting. And they just sort of helped and then tacked their stuff on the end. 
And that audio brand has become so popular and so well-known because we saw it so often, because we heard it so often. And I think people are only starting to realize how powerful this stuff is 25 years down the road. So start mm. now. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we think back to audio and when we just mentioned like Intel and, you know, McDonald's, I'm loving it and things like that. It's, it's interesting because I think back to when I was younger growing up and my parents listening to radio, they, there were so many jingles and so many brands had jingles. And it was almost like they did that because it's the only medium they had at first. They just had radio. This is the only way we could reach people. And then came the television. And, and now we have our smartphones and YouTube. And I think there's still so much focus on the visuals. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you look at how things have been going, the increased listening of the podcast, more and more people having podcasts, creating podcasts, listening to them, audiobooks. We are living in a world where we're transitioning to the Alexas and the series and yeah. the okay Very Googles so. of the world are listening, yep. right? Mm -hmm. It's almost as if we are kind of reverting back to audio, but we have more of an awareness of, of what's going on. What opportunities do you see for businesses in this space with this transition happening? Well, I think that if businesses are not thinking of themselves as an audio asset, they should be. Because how do you differentiate yourself from your competitor on Google Home? How do you do that? Right? You got to sound different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no other way to do it. So I think that a lot of brands really need to pay attention to this. And I think it's going to become more and more prevalent as people start to not want to have to swipe or touch anything or type anything. And I was actually talking with a fellow, his name is Dr. Terry Fisher, and he is a voice AI guy. And he says, voice is my OS. Voice is our operating system. And really what's happening at this point is we made the tools that we would have to adjust our, our, our way of interacting with them to fit them. While we were developing technology, so we had to learn how to type on a typewriter, we had to learn how to type on a, for a computer, we had to learn how to touch the screen, we had to learn all of these things to operate this technology that we created. And now we're getting to the point where that technology that we've created is starting to adjust to us. So we've made it to the point where now it's listening. Now it's hearing our voice. And that's our original operating system. Voice is it. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. So we really need to start paying attention to how that sounds to not just you, but everyone around you. How are you differentiating yourself in the world of sound from your nearest competitor? Because Google Home doesn't know the difference between uh, Heinz and Schneider. I mean, like, <laughs> like they don't, they don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, last. yeah, they're big, baked beans, right? Okay. So this is a baked bean brand. This is a baked bean brand. Like, what are they going to give you if you say, I want to put baked beans on my grocery list? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Unless you know the difference sound wise, or you say, I want this brand. What if you don't care? Yeah. You just got the ba da pa pa pa. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. What did I, what did I hear last? <laughs> 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 what 
<laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Like this is, mm-hmm. it's all, it's becoming a world of audio. And if you have not got yourself some kind of an infrastructure that uses audio, you're really going to be behind. You're yeah. going to be left behind. Absolutely. And just to kind of punch your your point even further home, that's exactly what happens with the visual marketing we experience today. We will see a brand six, seven times before we get to the grocery store. And when we're inundated with the choices at the grocery store, we don't stop to think, which peanut butter do I want today? We go straight for the one that we are used to, the one that we've seen the most, the one that we've been conditioned exactly. to pick up over and over again. So we are already yeah. conditioned visually. It's only a matter of time before we get conditioned in terms of our ears. Can I just make... Mention one thing also. Please. Steve Keller did a, a YouTube, I think it's a TED Talk, actually. Steve Keller did a, a TED Talk. He is the sonic strategy director for SiriusXM and all of the, the stuff that they own. And one of the studies that he mentioned in that is a brand of banana, where if you were in the grocery store and you stood on this particular circle in the grocery store next to the produce and you we're trying to look for bananas. It was in front of the banana stall. From above you, it would give you audio talking about the banana and telling you why you should buy it. <laughs> only you. You're the only one hearing it. Yeah. Right? And they could use smell. They could use the audio that only you are going to hear if you stand on a certain position in the grocery store. Like all of these things are going to become part of our daily lives. Mm-hmm. And just a fascinating part of it. So if you don't want to be left behind, you really need to get on this kind of stuff because that banana brand is definitely going to have an advantage over another <laughs> banana brand. <laughs> yeah. When people ask, how did Kodak go out of business or how did Blockbuster go out of business? Yeah. It's because they weren't paying attention to what the other brands were doing to mm. utilize the changing of technology. Kodak did not yeah. believe in digital photography and Blockbuster would not get on board with the streaming and they did not yep. get on board with the uh, the smaller kiosks, which Redbox was actually the the death blow to yep. to Blockbuster. It wasn't Netflix, but totally, yeah. All that to the say, the whole is, music business, the yeah. music business from Napster on, like, oh my goodness, it's it's been decimated. Yeah. And I think that the digital film industry has taken a lesson from that, mm-hmm. in that they've embraced it and charged for it, where yeah. the musicians did not, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, they're suffering for it now. Yeah. Well, we could talk so much more about (laughs) where audio is going, how it's going to be kind of ubiquitous in terms Mm -hmm. of our lives. It's already ubiquitous. Like you mentioned, we're surrounded by it all the time. If you think back to your childhood, there are sounds that can probably send you back. And Mm -hmm. these are, it's just one of the five senses that we use for memory. It's what we use for our familiarity with someone thinking the, just the voice of a loved one how much that would mean to us, especially if they're no longer with us, Mm -hmm. saving voicemails and things like that. So the power of sound certainly cannot be denied. And and Jody, I would love for our audience to have the ability to follow some of your work, use your services if they need in terms of the businesses that they're working on. How can folks get in touch with you, follow you, and even listen to your podcast? Well, if they're interested in voiceovers, I am at voiceoversandvocals.com. So they're always welcome to reach out to me there. And my podcast is at audiobrandingpodcast.com. And I'm all over the socials as Jody Krangle, although I am not on TikTok and I am not on Instagram. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. I do have a clubhouse room that I talk about the power of sound on a weekly basis, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. So if anyone is interested in that, I do that every week. And I think we're talking about the power of music tomorrow, actually. Nice. So, yeah. So I go through different topics, music, voice, podcasting, and audio branding. And in fact, on the 10th, we're talking about voice AI specifically because the Open Voice Network is going to lend me some of their people to talk about the advent of synthetic voices and how yeah. that's going to affect people. It's going to be really interesting. We are truly living in the future. And if we're not taking advantage mm -hmm. of audio, we will be left in the, I guess, the audio dust. Yes. <laughs> as they would say. Jody, thank you so much for sharing your experiences, your your expertise with us and, and, and your feedback and tips for a lot of folks who are looking to scale their business as well and become solopreneurs and self-employed. My pleasure. I just want to recap some of the gems that you, you dropped along the way for the audience in case somebody might have missed it. If you didn't get it from this episode, pay attention to sound. I know for a lot of us, when we talk about no rain, no rainbows, it's about dealing with the storms we're in, but it's also about looking down the road and being prepared for what's soon to come. We know history repeats itself. Don't be the next Kodak and don't be the next blockbuster. Understand that sound is becoming ubiquitous and it's becoming important. If you're listening to this while cleaning or driving your car, you're proof of that. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. But if you're listening, you are proof of how powerful sound is. And it's not just powerful over branding. It's powerful over your memory and the emotions that you experience too. As I mentioned, I listen to it when I meditate, when I go to sleep and for many other reasons. I also listen to Baroque music while studying or doing my work to kind of get into a flow and a focus. I can go on and on and on. Sure. Jody, That's awesome. nodding in approval. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to start somewhere. So many of us, um, we want to just do what we love to do, but doing what we want to do in life, whether it be the business that we want to start, that that passion project we have, or really the creative outlet that we want to share with the world, there's going to be aspects about it that we don't like that's going to be required in order to make that successful. All we can do is start where we are, get a coach, as Jody mentioned, and eventually when you have the ability to do so, if you don't already outsource some of those things that you don't like doing or that you're not good at because you can find someone who could do it better, who probably enjoys doing it as well. And that can help put wind in your sails for growth. Our time is worth money. So keep mm -hmm. that in mind, know your worth and make that important, not just for what you charge others, but what you pay for the product that you're producing as Jody mentioned, and then have self-discipline. Leaving the nine to five is not a ticket to freedom. You're not going to be sitting in Dubai collecting paychecks. You still have to do the work and consistently grow. Consistent repetition. It's true in your business. It's true in your audio branding. And it's true in life. Jody, thank you so much for the tidbits, not just on voiceovers, but really on the foundations on how we can build any creative project, any business into something sustainable and into a life. Happy to. Yeah. And I'm sure that the people who are listening to your podcast are really going to get a lot of interesting information from all that you do. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. The first time it ever came back around. Boomerang. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, Jody, thanks for being on the call. And to the audience, the viewers, the watchers, the listeners, we appreciate you so much. And we thank you for taking the time today. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would mean the world to us if you could share this with a friend or someone who you know could benefit from this episode. 
please give us a rating, subscribe and give us some feedback because the only way we improve is when you let us know what we could improve upon. So I look forward to seeing some of those ratings and those subscriptions. And if you love the podcast so much and you want to hear more from our guests like Jody and others, we do offer some extra content and behind the scenes footage on our Patreon page. And you can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. Guys, thank you so much. We hope it was valuable. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow.